Welcome to Major League Success. Um, on this episode, I have Alex Kraus with me from the Anita Graves Group at Next Home Experience. And uh, this is actually take two, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we don't have a take three. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we uh, got together last week and ran into some uh, technical difficulties. So we had to kind of postpone and, um, you know, this is going to be better anyways. So yeah. I appreciate you uh, being flexible with your schedule and, and coming back on. And, um, you know, we got to talking a little bit uh, last week. So I want to kind of go back. Um, and the whole point of, of Major League Success and, and kind of this show and this podcast, just so you know, Alex, is is to kind of give back to those agents that are brand new to real estate or those agents that, you know, their business isn't as consistent as they want it to be. And to just show them that there's so many different ways for someone to become successful in real estate. And there's just not one way to do it. And I personally feel that there is this gap between new agents or newer agents or agents that, you know, their business isn't there consistently to those that actually have that consistent business. And my thought is by, by sharing stories of those agents that have that consistent business, that have that success, um, maybe someone out there can relate to your story and see that there is a path for them. Because, uh, you know, I've interviewed several, I don't even know now, 10, 15, 20 agents maybe, and not everyone comes from a different world, right? A different life, different careers, mm -hmm. different paths. Um, so that's the whole point of what, you know, what I'm trying to do. And, and I appreciate you coming on here to share your story, um, yeah. and kind of your path and, and kind of where you want to go. So, um, yeah. I really appreciate that. And, and I always like to start from the beginning. What yeah. was, what was your life growing, growing up? What was your life like growing up? <laughs> well, um, it was me, my sister and my parents, and I have, uh, a unique background. I have a really big family. So um, a little Italian with some Kentucky bluegrass and some German mixed together. That's my family and there's a lot of them. So growing up it was really fun. We had family reunions um, every year and there were people there. I had no idea who they were because that's how big my family is. Um, it's just generation after generation. So that's how I grew up. And my dad was in the Navy. So I was born in Massachusetts. And then we moved here um, when I was two. And we lived and grew up in Hilliard, my sister and I. So yeah. Awesome. Me and my childhood. So then, you know, growing up, were you um, kind of, an, did you have like that entrepreneurial mindset? Were you kind of like into sports? Were you into music? What was kind of like your childhood into your high school years like? Yeah, my mom and my aunt used to own a dance studio. So we, um, they started it, ran it down in Gross City. And that was my sister and I and my cousins would just kind of hang out at the studio. So we grew up around dance and cheerleading. Um, it was kind of a mix of both. And then we continued that through everything, <laughs> through uh, middle school, high school, and into college. Um, so yes, sports. And my grandfather started several businesses and grew those. And then my mom and my aunt both did the dance studio. And I feel like Oh, there's a lot of entrepreneurs in my family. I have an aunt on the other side, two aunts actually, who started dance studios of their own. So we're very big into this space. <laughs> but, 
um, you know, it's always been around. And I feel like you kind of have to have that if you're going to get into this business, which I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss. But um, yeah. I will say I uh, I like to think I'm a dancer, but I'm really not a dancer. You know? <laughs> if, if anyone ever goes Tequila Cowboy, <laughs> you might see who's got the dance floor trying. But um, no, that's awesome. Uh, so, was business always something? You know, once you graduated high school, was was business something you always wanted to get into? Because you kind of grew up around, you know, family members that owned a business, or what was kind of your path? you know, from high school going into college? I, I was one of those who didn't have a path. So, you know, people go into college and I, I was watching them. They knew what path they wanted. They knew exactly what their major would be. They'd be done in four years and start their career. That, that wasn't me. Um, I really had no idea. I was just absorbing the experience. And when I went into college, I I was on a totally different path. I went in for meteorology. I wanted to be the weather girl. I wanted to be, um, Melissa Marsh at that time was like the girl I wanted to be. She was a weather girl. She was great at it and she got to do other things too, but that's what I wanted to do. So I shadowed her for a day and I loved it, fell in love. And that's when I enrolled at Ohio state under that path. So, and I, last week, <laughs> last week when we got, you know, when I was hearing your story, I, I think I asked you, you know, what, what made you want to go into that field? Because, um, you know, you don't want, you don't really hear a lot of people talking about that. And like, I don't think I've ever spoke to anyone that said, Hey, I want to be a meteorologist. Right. Yeah. Um, what attracted you to it? Was it the science behind it? Was it being on TV camera? It was mix of it. I, I didn't see myself becoming a meteorologist because I wanted to sit behind and analyze data. That's not, that's not what I want to do. I don't want to ever be behind a desk and stuck there nine to five. That's not who I am. So I thought I love this side and I liked science. And so flipping it to the broadcasting space, you got to be around people in front of people, not, not the in front of people, but it was just another way to kind of um, stretch that muscle, that science muscle. So I don't know. I was just drawn to that Base. obviously it didn't work out but yeah, well and I, maybe joked, someday. I mean I joked around with you last week you know actually that's a great field because you don't have to be right half the time right because exactly weather is always wrong <laughs> yes all week it'll just be thunderstorming and then it never happens so it's yeah. fine <laughs> yeah and I think I think when when we were talking last week too you mentioned that um you know while at Ohio State you're kind of into dance cheerleading things like that yeah, so my first year I was on the all-girl cheer team, and then my second year I was on the dance team. And before, this was a long time ago, so it was before it became a varsity sport. Now they they do way more with the dance team, at least. I think the all-girl is still a club sport. But either way, um, you know, you're going to school, you have that athletic practice or, and, you know, competitions or performances. And then after that, I, all of these things, since they were not varsity sports, I had to pay for. So if you've ever known what a dance costume or a uniform costs and all of the equipment that goes with it, it's not cheap. And then you have to pay to travel. I mean, it was, it was a lot. So I was working almost, I would say not full time, but 25 to 30 hours a week to be able to pay for the sport I was in and participate. So um, 
when is there time to actually study and focus on why I was there? So after my second year, I kind of just put a hard stop and thought, what am I doing? Why am I working to do these things and not really going to college to do what I came here to do? So that's when I sat down after my sophomore year and just kind of thought, what am I doing? And I changed my major. I wasn't really passionate about meteorology. The path I had to take was so much farther than I wanted to go in math and science that it was just, it didn't feel like I want, I didn't have the passion. I didn't want to do that anymore. So I changed my major to communication with the focus in PR. And it was the best thing I ever did because I feel like I've implemented that in so many ways. Um, Even though it has nothing to do with selling, you know, helping somebody buy a house that has a lot to do with a lot of other things within the process, but also with my path as well. Sure. So. And, and you graduated with that then? You yeah. Degree in that. And then, yep. so you graduate uh, college and then what, what was your first job out, out of school? I actually took a, we were on quarters then. That's how long ago I was at Ohio State. Um, we, I took a quarter off and I took my real estate licensing classes that were necessary. I was on the fast track. So I don't know if they do that anymore, but it was three weeks, eight to five, and you just crank out your classes and then you take the test. So I was, I was 20 when I got my real estate license. Oh no, I just turned 21 when I got my real estate license. So um, I was still in college. I was still selling real estate right out the gate um, while I was at Ohio State. So how did you so, how did you decide real estate then with with your degree and just kind of you know your path to that point? What what made you think oh, real estate's kind of what I should look into right now? <laughs> yeah, I mean because kind of, I kind of I kind of have a similar uh, path. I went to college for accounting. Um, then I had to take calculus and I failed calculus, which I still don't know why you need to know calculus for an accounting degree, but failed calculus. And I switched my majors to, to sports and leisure studies at Ohio state, which a lot of the athletes take that, that class. So, um, and then I got my real estate license right out of college, 21 years old. And I'm curious, what made you think real estate as, as a potential career opportunity for you? So my, which is funny. I'm going to ask you a question here in a second, but my, my mom is a realtor. She's been in the business for 23 years. I've been in for 13. So she was already in it for that long. Um, and my aunt also has her license and also my dad, even though he's a controller at a construction company, that's his full-time job. He was licensed when we were younger, um, to help my mom show houses. And so I was watching her and my parents were always present. They were always at every sporting event. And if you've ever been to a dance competition or a a cheerleading competition, they're two days long. I don't know how they did that, but thank you parents for sitting through people days of all of that. Um, But they were always there. And I never felt like they were too busy to um, be present and I never felt like, um, I don't know. So that's kind of how I grew up and I just wanted to have that freedom to be able to set my schedule and push myself as far as I wanted to. So I kind of had a background look at what this industry was like. Yeah, I'm curious because I don't have kids, but uh, you know, part of this podcast is, you know, agents being successful in real estate and I, 
outside looking in, I always found it hard with agents who have children or kids or teenagers. How do you juggle, especially in a market like this, right? And how do you juggle the showings when you have to be there at a certain time and kids sporting events and kids school activities and all of that? It blows my mind. I I know looking back, I mean, I never felt like my mom never said, I have to show a house, I can't be there. I never, I don't remember that being a thing. Right. And I, I honestly don't know. Now, that was a different market. That was, sure. oh, four, what was that? I don't even know what year that was, but it was, it was different. Um, oh, four and before, it wasn't as, it was still just as booming, but I don't think it's, you have to That's show it right page. now with 10, 15 offers already on the table. That's not, that's not the right. same market, but yeah, no, I completely I completely agree. I have no idea how they did it. Yeah. And I have no idea how I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, you know, you have two little ones. And, you know, it's just, I, I, I get anxious when I just leave town just for the day, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not there. If someone needs to do a showing today, you know, luckily, like, you know, you're on a team and I'm on a team. Um, so we have other people that can help us when, when we're out, but yeah. that's not always the case. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you go and get your license, you kind of have that uh, background knowledge of real estate. Did you just kind of stick with real estate right out of college? Yeah, so I finished my degree. I was, um, I think I was already in the business for two years and I finally got my degree from Ohio State. And I mean, it was tough. 07, 08, 09 was tough. Um, yeah, I got my license in July of 07. And I think it took me six months to have my first closing. And then it just kind of grew and grew. And I I really feel like your third year in the business is always like you kind of feel like you can exhale. It's like you you kind of hustle for the first two years, learning what to do, learning how to be, learning how to grow, learning how learning and and hustling. And then that third year, it just kind of went, ah. And then you kind of just, it kind of rolls and kind of flows. Um, But that's also the year I moved to Cleveland Um, in 2010 is I was dating a guy who's now my husband for three years. And I thought he's, he was in Cleveland for dental school. And I thought, well, either we can keep doing this long distance thing for three or four or five more years, or I'm graduated now. I have, you know, I started this, this path of being in real estate, I can pick up now and go there. And while it's still fresh and start over, and that's kind of what I did. So yeah, in 2010, I moved to Cleveland. Okay. And I want to step back a little bit. Um, I always like to ask this question, which I I probably have an idea of what you're going to say, just given kind of your family history in real estate. But when you started in real estate, especially at that Mm -hmm. time, you know, we're around the same age. Um, did you have a lot of supporters or doubters when you were like, Hey, I just got this degree. Oh. And then by the way, I'm going straight into a fully commissioned job because I know how my, my parents were never a, a uh, verbal doubters, but I'm sure in the mm-hmm. back of their head, they were probably like, what are you doing? Cause you know, they were nine to five, you know, secure job. And that's kind of how I grew up. Um, did, did you have a lot of supporters or doubters when you, when you first made that decision and then, obviously your first year or two in the business. I'm just curious. Yeah, no, I, I do. I feel lucky because it's in the family. So when I was ready to jump in, my mom was like, yeah, let's do it and get your license. And then I immediately was on her team and just kind of followed her around until I kind of had my own feet, 
you know, planted and started, you know, I was on her team this whole time. Um, but you know, we were, we kind of transferred into from her coaching me to us kind of working together as I kind of grew into my own over yeah. the past 13 years. What, what were some of the things that you guys were doing in, in 07, 08, 09 to really, you know, cause obviously everyone knows that's when the market crashed. Um, what were you guys using as far as systems and things like that to still stay in the business and work your way through all of that? If so, so I think it was more prominent then than it is now, Brian Buffini, um, that we did the hundred days to greatness or is it 90 days? hundred? I don't know. I think it's hundred days to greatness. And that really helped me kickstart myself. It kind of gave me a focus. Cause that's, what's so hard when you're starting in this business. There's so much that you can do. There's so much to absorb and there's so many opportunities. So what do you do first? What am I supposed to be doing on a daily basis? So it kind of helped me hone in on what I needed to do so I can work for so many hours and accomplish something. But it, it taught me about open houses. Open houses are one of the ways that I feel like I can grab more business. Um, just making those personal connections and then deciding to work with each other afterwards, but also referral. It's mainly referral based business. The first thing I did. So when I, my first three years being in the business, I coached um, cheerleading at a uh, middle school in Hilliard. And I started collecting my database of people I would meet. So I, that was a really big source of business for me too. Um, I would meet the parents and not saying that's what I, why I did that, but that's right. just what Buffini teaches you to build your database and start working on um, referral based business. And that's what really helped me the first couple of years being in the business. Cause you know, one referral might turn into several other closings from that too. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm so glad you said um, coaching and you had that in place. I think that's a lot of uh, the, the missing ingredient a lot of times for people. It's the, it's the accountability and, and the GPS roadmap. And, and like you said, staying focused on the daily activity, right? Mm -hmm. uh, because agents, we like to chase, I always say, you know, we like to chase squirrels. The next, you know, shiny object, we're over here, and then we're over here, and then we're over here, because we think this is going to do better for our business. And it takes up some of our time, and then we don't give it, we don't have the patience to watch it, you know, grow into something because yeah. we want that instant gratification. Um, so that's, uh, I love that you said coaching. I, that's how I, you know, my mentor, uh, Ryan and, and he had a, a real estate coach that every, every week I was on a call with, mm -hmm. you know, starting out. So, mm -hmm. so now you decide you're going to, okay. So you're, you're two, three years in, you're really starting to get business going in Columbus and, and you move to Cleveland. Mm -hmm. and brand new market <laughs> and it's one of those things where like you know I always say real estate it doesn't matter what city you go to what state you're in it's all the same principles and concepts mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. but um how was it like when you when you moved to Cleveland did you just get did you just stick with real estate or well I had given myself so much time I think I said I'll give myself six months to kind of figure this out and starting over in a career is hard. Um, starting over in a new city where you know no one is even harder. So I hustled. I actually was on um, Alstace's team oh, for really? the first three months I was there. And nice. I learned a lot from him. His team was 
just a machine and they do, they're so good at what they do. I learned a lot from them, but I, the first three months, uh, you know, just trying to get my feet wet and on the ground, it was, I just felt again, pulled in another direction. I kept hearing people say, oh, you're young because at back then being 21 in the business, there was like no one else. <laughs> In, in the business, like at all. It was just, I felt like I was the youngest one everywhere I went. Yeah. And I didn't see that as an asset at the time. I did have some people hire me because I was younger. And I did, I, I don't know if I've ever lost business because I was young. I don't, I don't think so. But they said, I, I like that you're young and you're willing to work hard. And I kept hearing that from agents too when I was in Cleveland. They kept saying, hey, you're young, can you set up my Facebook page for me? Oh, hey, you're young, can you help me design this flyer or something? Or hey, you can do this, that, and this, because that's also when Facebook was starting to be more in the business world. Um, it, was, it was still young in that way, and people are still figuring out what is a business page, but now it's everybody has a business page. So it was just a lot different. So I felt, I felt pulled from that. Um, and it was, it was hard. 2010 in Cleveland real estate was still really tough. I feel like if you, if you weren't established or if you didn't have, um, you know, a, a database up there, you're kind of at a disadvantage. And even though I worked my tush off, I just felt like I needed to go another way. Yeah. So. And I did not know that you were on Albie's team. Yeah. And did you, uh, was Joel there when you were there? I don't think so there were only right three after. of us i think there are three of us and then an admin so i don't think well, you so, know, huh? i don't know if you know we hang out with albie all the time ryan i, I. think so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, small world small world yeah. and it's funny because then that leads us to how you and i initially met was yeah. you got a company called the biz tank mm -hmm. and that's mm -hmm. right when i got started i think it was gonna, i think it was my first year 2012 i got licensed at, at the towards the end of 2011 but you had the biz tank. And I think that's kind of where you're going, where you got pulled from real estate because you saw a need with the social yeah. media world. Um, so well, how, how long did you do that for? Yeah, so I, I mean, it started from showing houses for people, holding open houses and then paying me hourly to just growing and learning that side of the business, the how to build a website, how to blog and how to, um, have a presence on social platforms and as that grew you know instagram wasn't around then it was basically your website it was still print marketing was huge and um facebook craig, craig so <laughs> craig honestly yeah we did craigslist and i cold called for other agents i and that's something too i think really helped me is i I absorbed as much as I could. I learned as many scripts as I could. I learned as many opportunities as I could to generate more business. I mean, we used Red X or I used Red X and I would cold call Fizbos and expireds and set up appointments for agents and send them on their way. So we did an array of things in the beginning. And then I kind of thought, how can I scale this? Because I was, my whole day was devoted to that. I didn't sell a house at all while I was in Cleveland. Um, so for the, we, it was considered leave it to Alex when I first started it. Um, but when it needed to scale bigger than just beyond me, um, we called it your biz tank. And that's when it started that side of things in, in 2012. So from 2012 to 2000, like mid 2016, 
that's what I was doing full time is running a, a marketing company for the real estate space. And if you're in Columbus or Cleveland or anywhere in Ohio listening to this, you're probably in one of my classes because we, I would teach CE class all over the state. Um, I used to hold webinars all the time that were, had international viewers, which was really cool. And, you know, we partnered with other tools out there like RealBird and other things. So it was just really, it was really fun. And I got to work with agents all over the country. So when you're marketing a house in, in Jersey, those houses are insane. Or if you're marketing a house in Key West, um, sign me up. So it was just really fun to, to have all these agents and you're helping them grow their business from yeah. what you've learned and what you can see. Sometimes it just helps for somebody to kind of guide you. And even if you already kind of know it, um, just again, kind of what Buffini and the coaching that happened with me, with my mom and everybody in the beginning, I wanted to kind of give back. So I kind of did that in the marketing space and the lead gen space um, for four years. So, yeah. so 2000, you said 16, 2012 through 16. Um, mm -hmm. What made you want to switch back into real estate? Or are you still, and I don't even know this, are you still, are you still doing that on the side? Is it still one of your, your businesses or? No, um, it kind of dissolved after. So my husband, once he graduated in 2013, we moved six times in six years when I was in Cleveland. I never want to do that again. <laughs> we were everywhere. My daughter was born in 2015. And I remember I took a week off after I had her. And I remember just holding her on my lap and like working and doing marketing stuff while I was, you know, at home. So after a year, I, was, I feel like six months of doing that and having her home, I kind of saw the light in the future. And I thought, now that Kyle's done being in Cleveland and doing residency and everything, we moved back to Columbus. And if I'm going to move back to Columbus and again, start over or be able to have an opportunity to transition, what am I doing? Do I want to sit behind a desk and do this for other agents? Or now I can, now that I'm back home, just pick up where I left off. And that's what I decided. Cause I also wanted to have the freedom to be there for my kids um, like I said, she was born in 2015 and I feel like it was a good decision for me because I had that flexibility to right. be present with her. Um, yeah. So when you came back to Columbus was, did you feel like you were starting all over again or oh, yeah. did you still have that kind of that book of business from before that you were able to tap to tap into right away as well as, um, your social media knowledge that you have now, right? Cause by 2016 there's more platforms coming along um and internet leads and i don't know if you guys deal with internet leads or not but um so did you have to kind of start over with the same game plan you had previously or did you kind of pivot your strategy i i morphed it i combined it i would say um because in 2016 the from you know from that six years the fisbo expired world isn't really there because right. the market's so moving so quickly um so that wasn't really an opportunity but i always kept up with my sphere i kind of handed it to my mom so referrals and past clients she would obviously handle um and then i kind of took back that um, responsibility when I came back. So referral repeat business was still and is still huge focus for us because I want to create that sense of community with our clients. And it, it, it's hard, you know, you work with somebody for 
six months, a year, sometimes longer, and you're with them constantly. And then all of a sudden they're gone, poof, they're gone. And it's hard because you build relationships with these people. So we try to stay in touch with them because that is just who we are. But um, it was a mixture of that focus, but also the social online presence focus. So yeah, it was, it was um, a message change for me because it wasn't, Hey agents, I can help you. It was, you know, Hey clients, yeah. you know, Hey buyers and sellers, I can help you. Right. I'm going to throw you a curveball. What is yeah. uh, one, one thing every agent should implement into their business today that incorporates social media? Mm. I would say you have to be intentional on your pro and, and present. If you have to be intentional and present on your platforms, if you're going to be posting just stuff like, Hey, I sold this or, Hey, I have a new listing or, Hey, I have a closing. That's not going to do anything for you. Um, you need to be intentional building relationships. That's what social platforms are for is connecting, building relationships. So you have to be intentional, present and focus on that when you're on social. That's awesome. I, um, I wouldn't say I've struggled with it. Um, I've gotten a lot better, uh, over the last mm, 12 months or so. Uh, but my aha moment, I follow Gary V. Um, yeah. and <laughs> he's like, it's called social media for a reason. You have to be social and interact with people. So yeah. like to me, like I used to never really like comment on posts, you know, I would just kind of use it, just kind of scroll, see what's happening, you know, what's going on in everyone's lives. And, but I can tell you once I started really, um, commenting and interacting with, you know, people on my, uh, Facebook, I mostly use Facebook, but Facebook, Instagram, things like that. Like when I post something now it's becoming, it, it's, it's hitting them more. Right. Yeah. So I, I challenge myself every Saturday. I, I meet with some of the newer agents on our team for accountability. And every once in a while, I always throw out a goal of how many comments I want to make a week on social media and it's harder than you think <laughs> it is because it is harder than you think because you actually one you actually have to you can't just have generic comments right you actually have to you know look at the posts and and really want to interact and if I don't feel like I'm going to say something of value or or really mean it I don't I don't comment right so mm -hmm. um but I agree with you because when I, in 2012, right, it was, it was post X percent personal X percent business. That was the thought behind it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now it's post anything and everything within reason. Right. But, mm -hmm. but like you said, being social, people want to see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter if it's business, 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 personal, personal business, you know, it doesn't matter how many posts you're doing because the algorithms are going to put it in front of those people that, that actually want to see what's going on with you. Yeah. Yeah. And the more you're engaging, I think that's how the algorithm still works. If you're yeah. engaging with them and then you're posting your things, it just will help you get more exposure too. But when I had my marketing company, I, I came up with the 10, seven, five rule. You have to work on social 10 minutes a day, seven days a week and work on bringing five people into like either you're following five people or getting five new followers or connecting on LinkedIn, whatever, just five new people every week. And if you look at it in those small increments, it's so much easier. So if you get up in the morning, you're 10 minutes a day, you're doing what you said, you know, commenting, or maybe you post something that's fine too, but just doing something. Yeah. Something 
Yeah. So, so I want to kind of dive into your, your future real estate goals. Um, yeah. Is there something that you're looking to accomplish here in the next 12 months? Like, do you have like a, a, a year goal? Yeah, I do. Um, I feel like it's kind of shifted with COVID just because a few reasons, but last year, so, so coming back 2016, I started over. So I consider last year, like my third, I don't know why I just said third, third year. Um, again, like yeah. my, my repeat third year yeah. and it was the best year I've ever had in real estate. Um, so to top that, because I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how I can top that, but I'm looking at it like <laughs> I can. And, and one thing I feel like I need to do better is um, not miss opportunities because I was so busy last year, balancing everything, helping my clients. Again, it was the most I've ever done, um, but I also could have done better. And that's what's eating at me. I could have sold much more and helped many more clients if I wasn't so consumed in my, in the busyness of the day to day. Yeah. So that's something I'm working on this year is I, I don't think I'll top that just because already this year sure. has been that way. So, um, my family, we've been full blown quarantine for three months. We, even if a client was like, Hey, do you want to help me? I, I would have turned them away and sent them to a team member just because we, we have a high risk person in my house and I have to, I had to stay inside sure. for many reasons. And um, either way, we're still kind of in that zone, but I feel like it's much different now. And to pick up and, and I feel like the next, through the rest of the year, it's gonna just be doing what we can with, with who is comfortable with what sure. they want. But over the next year after that, I want to at least you know, push myself to just be better with the balance, to just be able to achieve my goals, which I know I can, but just with the balance part of it, yeah. not miss opportunities in your busiest moment, because I think that's what really pushes and challenges you as an entrepreneur is to make sure you, you can do it. You never know what you can do until you're pushed there and right. you can do it. Right. And you know, with the COVID-19 stuff, you know, running the team and, and things like that and having, we do, we help uh, a lot of newer agents on our team. Um, you know, they come to us when they're brand new and we have, so we're spread out. We have people that have been in the business for 10 plus years and people that just joined us. Right. And it was, yeah. you know, Oh no, what's going to happen. Right. But through communication and letting them know like, Hey, you know, real estate's still going to happen, but mm -hmm. also things are going to slow down a little bit. So now take this time that you do have to start putting those systems and processes and tools in place to when this is all over you can mm -hmm. just hit the ground running and scale your business even more yeah. and some some did it some some did not but you know some people just saw that as a as a uh, missed opportunity for real estate and it's really a, sometimes as agents we need to slow down we need to step back and actually work you know on our business instead of working in the business every single day mm -hmm. And I still think there's opportunity to do that now. For sure. I mean, before, before, I mean, I feel like it's starting to get that spring market in the summer right now, but I, I do think that there's still time to do it. So if you haven't done it yet, if you're listening to this and you haven't done the work yet, just carve out some time in the morning, at night, whenever you're most productive and do the work, whether it's like what we worked on is 
our marketing. We put together new landing pages. We really worked on our follow-up. We worked on what kind of ads we're going to run. Um, and, and just like our, our buyer books, you know, our presentations, our everything. We kind of went back and that's what I was feel like I was super busy with this whole quarantine. Yeah. And once, because you know, once that switch turns back on, it will, and it's already happening. I don't want to have to have those tasks. I want to push those aside and focus on my clients. Yeah. So. Yeah. Our goal, uh, at least how we, how Ryan and I look at our team is, we want to operate like a McDonald's or a Starbucks, meaning it doesn't matter which, which uh, Starbucks or McDonald's you go to, you're going to have the same service, same flavor, yes. same taste, everything, right? And the only way you can do that is by putting the systems and the process in place yes. to then, you know, hey, I got a new buyer. What's step one? Okay, it's this. Okay, step two is this. Step mm -hmm. three, and then, you know, the rest is history. And it's that every mm -hmm. single time. But we're all human, right? So we all miss, we still miss opportunities and, and things yeah. like that because we get busy. But no, that's awesome. Because um, I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people don't think about. As a real estate agent, you run a business. You are a business owner. It may just be mm -hmm. you and yourself, but you really got have to think of those things. How can I put X, Y, and Z in place, but still do X, Y, and Z over here as well? Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to juggle it all. I mean, you are your accountant, you're a marketing professional, you are a real estate agent, you are um, a QuickBooks expert, you have to be an admin, a you have to be a therapist. <laughs> I mean, everything, it's a lot to juggle. And if you don't set, you know, your checklist of things that you do all the time, and you don't have, like you said, your systems, then you will, you will, I don't want to say drown, but you'll be overwhelmed. Yeah. And that's, that's the last thing you want. This job is so fun. This job can be so much fun in so many ways, but it can also be equally as overwhelming if you don't get those things in place for sure. Yeah, and get, I mean, really, if you get, you can get burnt out, mm -hmm. you know, especially if you're working with a ton of clients. I mean, there's a certain threshold in my opinion that one agent can work, you know, a certain amount of clients and closings in a year. And then after that, it's either, you just have no life and are, and are going to get burnt out or you got to build a team to kind of yeah. leverage time and, and all of that. So, yeah. um, what's, what's something you're looking to accomplish in the next five years? Oh, I want to personal, always, personal or business doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Does paying off debt matter? Sure. <laughs> sure. Like paying off your house and just being debt free is always yeah. going to be like an underlining goal. I think for everyone, but um, I feel like professionally, I just, I want to push myself to do better every year. Um, just top what I did the last year. And I don't really look at like number of closings or, um, volume or anything like that. I just want to do more, whether, whatever that looks like. Um, obviously we're in this business to make money, but I also, I just really enjoy the process and meeting new people and just working with more people and making more connections in this industry. I just think that it's nice. So always doing more than the year before. And I feel like that's something I do with everything. Like everything can always be better. And that's, I feel like that's a curse and a blessing at the same time to always mm -hmm. be pushing yourself, but you almost have to, as an entrepreneur, you have to push yourself. So I think, and I know it's very vague, but just doing better the next year than you did the year before whatever that is. Yeah. So what do you think that, uh, that you have to implement into your business to make sure you accomplish that? 
I mean, cause you know, some people also are, are cool with just doing the same thing every year and that's fine. Right. But mm -hmm. you know, if you're looking to scale, you always have, there's always something out there that can help you get there. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you yeah. think, you know, what do you think that you'll need to implement to, uh, to help you accomplish your goal? Well, there's some things in this business you can totally automate and it's perfecting that automation. So, you know, once you, you know, how do you get the business? You can automate a lot of that. Um, once you're in contract, you can automate some of that stuff, the follow-up, the, the connecting with the client during the process. Um, we focus highly, highly focused on customer service. So a lot of what we have is very, very system-based um, it kind of triggers this happens, you know, if this happens, then that happens and it's very trigger based. Um, so I think automating things to free up your time and also time management. It's something I feel like is always going to be hard yeah. for anyone, especially somebody who I'm, my brain, if I'm thinking about something, my brain just goes like a million miles a minute and I'm already off on this new idea of whatever that is, which again is awesome if you're trying to idea generate but sometimes yeah. when you just have to get the work done um i think time management is is huge because you have to set it time aside for the things that have to get done and if a client's like hey i need to see a house right now like this afternoon i'm going to show a house in about an hour and i was supposed to have a meeting so i just feel like you know you have to have balance and you have to have time management i think that's the uh number one thing that hinders some of the some people being successful in this business i mean people get in this business for the freedom mm -hmm. uh, but the freedom is also that one thing that will kill your career as well yes. um and i always i always tell agents and people i meet with it's like you know people get into real estate to get away from for the most part to get away from the 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 um career of being told what to do when to do it and how to do it mm -hmm. those uh, agents that are successful in our industry tell themselves what to do, when to do it, and how to do it every yes. single day. And they run it like it's a nine to five, right? Like, you have to, you have my, to. This is my prospecting time. This is my showing time. This is my, you know, client time and whatever it is. But yeah, I think time management's uh, a huge thing because, you know, like I didn't get to the office till 10 o'clock because I was driving back from Peshockton yesterday, right? Normally I'm here at eight. Does that two hour difference really hurt me today? No, you know, but if I go a week without prospecting or two weeks without prospecting, you know, or, or if I have a good month and I really just, you know, the next month I kind of just mail it in for a little bit, it doesn't affect us that month. It affects mm -hmm. us three, four months from now. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people fail and struggle is, is because they're not getting the paycheck every two weeks, they don't see that, that pain that they're causing their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think if you're struggling with that, you have to just start Googling. I mean, what's helped me over the past three or four months is time blocking. You do from this hour to this hour, this is what I'm doing. Or even just 12 to four, I'm going to work these hours. Yeah. And you time block life, you time block work, and you time block yourself in there, whatever it is. And make sure that you're fully taken care of on all, on all levels. Google, Google Calendar is like my number one platform I use it. I always say, if it's not in my calendar, then it's not happening. Then, I, you, know, <laughs> yeah. free, you know, free time, right? So yeah. you, I'm with you. Even personal time goes in there. It doesn't, 
it, whatever it is, it's got to be in my calendar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like if, if you don't, I mean, how, how does anybody stay organized anymore? What did we do before Google Calendar or Google anything? Google Drive. I was in college, so I didn't really do much. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very true. Oh my gosh. But this, you know, brings me back, you know, growing up, I never saw, you know, my parent, my mom, you know, I don't know. I just, what did she use? Right. Say, I mean, she had, I can't remember. I'm going to throw a number out. Could totally be wrong. Like 17 listings at one time and just her just her and a market where it could take six months for it to sell. How do you organize yourself without Google calendar? Right. I feel like we're so spoiled. I don't even know we're how so you do showing without a GPS. So I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I remember MapQuest. I used to do that before smartphones were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That makes me sound really old. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's definitely, you know, it's, it's a struggle for everyone in any business. Mm -hmm. It's, it's your, like you said, you got to set time aside and, you know, the one crazy thing about real estate is it's, it's not hard. It's simple. Mm -hmm. It's not hard, but I always say what's simple to do is also simple not to do. Like it, literally, mm -hmm. if you, if you just came into the office Monday through Friday and you prospect from eight to 12 or nine to one every mm -hmm. single day and you just went home at the end of the day, like that'd be a successful day in real estate because the business is going to come if you do that consistently enough. Yeah. Like initially, yeah, you may only work four days or four hours a day, mm -hmm. but if that was your whole focus and you really crushed those four hours, that's going to be a success because in three months you're going to be working 12 hours a day because you're going to have clients everywhere. Yeah. But, um, no, I'm glad you say that. Cause I'm a big, I, that's one thing I've always struggled with was time management and still struggle to, you know, my calendar is color coordinated, you know, red means it's a can't miss thing. Yellow's, yeah, if, if I miss it, I miss it. And you know, the rest is whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I really like that you said that and, you know, see, that's something that's very important to, to our industry. So, um, so to wrap it up, I always, I always yeah. like to ask this one question. If you could give our audience, um, one piece of advice that you wish you had, starting your real estate career or, or now, mm. right? Uh, what would that be? Mm. I would say just do the work, do the work and push yourself because, you know, in real estate, you will, I feel like every transaction is different. Some are extremely easy. Some are extremely difficult, but in those difficult moments, you will learn. So I think that you have to push yourself and do the work. You can't expect your, you know, people get into this business because they see, they see somebody who's established or they, they're making a ton of money in the life that they're living, but you know, it, they work for that. As an entrepreneur, you work for that and there's so much more to it than just cashing a check ever and anything. So you have to do the work and I would, what really helped me, and I would encourage you, if you're starting out to do this, is, is get a mentor. Like, I know you had Ryan, and, and I have my mom, and I think we're lucky in that way, because they're both successful, and we were under their wing, and then became our own, and, and grew under that. And I think that that's what really helped me. And I would encourage all new agents to do the same, is to get a mentor who's successful, who is versatile in all the ways that you need to be um and just just do the work do the work and push yourself i had nothing to say that was that's it 
<laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's, you know, that's like you said, a lot of people see uh, other people's success, but they don't see the grind behind it. Right. They just see the, the material things or the lifestyle or whatever. And yeah, some people, that's what they strive for and that's what they want. But you know, you didn't see the grind that, that it took to get there or the years that it took to get there. So, mm-hmm. no. um, no, Alex, I appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. If, you know, someone's watching this or listening to this and they want to connect with you, um, to, to just chat about real estate or if they have a house to sell or a house to buy, what is the best way for someone to reach out to you? Um, you can go to our website at tagitsoul.com. It's T-A-G-G-I-T-S-O-L-D. Um, or Alex at tagitsoul is my email. Um, my phone number is 614-579-7072. And you can find me on social. I'm on all of them. I recently joined TikTok. I'm one of those millennials on TikTok. So to be continued. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm also on uh, TikTok as well. And I, <laughs> I challenged myself one time to do three TikTok videos a day for a week. And I yeah. haven't made a video since. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I need to get back on it. You know, it's one of those, it's again, it's consistency, right? Anything we do is yeah. consistency. So I'll have to follow, I'll have to follow you on TikTok. Um, because that's the next, that's the next big platform. So, um, if you're a real estate agent out there, make sure you're on all of the platforms. I think you would tell everyone that, right? Yeah. If if you're going to be on it, then you should be posting there. If you're never going to be on Twitter, then don't go on Twitter. If you're never going to be on TikTok, then don't go on TikTok. But you know, if your audience is there, you should be there. But I I have a question for you and we should be do a TikTok together. So next time we see you, we should do a TikTok together. Um, what made you change your major from you graduated with one thing and went into real estate? Why? Yeah. So, uh, I, I, my grandfather was an accountant. So initially that's, um, in a small town and I saw what building an accounting firm could do in a small, and I grew up in a very tiny town. Um, and I saw what it was for him and what he was able to build from that. Um, and more so of like, uh, the legacy that he'll leave in the town. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I got to, when I got to Ohio state, I, I worked all my way up to the math classes. Math wasn't one of my strong suits, but yeah. I got to calculus and I failed. And then I was like, okay, do I really want to try this again? Um, and, and stick with accounting or not. And I was like, eh, I love sports. I grew up playing sports. So let me switch majors and go into sports and leisure studies, which at Ohio State, there's two tracks. You can either be the gym teacher or you can graduate and go into the um, sports industry world. Well, when I graduated, most of the jobs you get would be um, calling season ticket holders and selling season tickets mm-hmm. and things like that. And at the time, uh, my ego was pretty big and I felt that what I went to school for and paid for wasn't worth what was being gonna, I'm gonna make graduating mm-hmm. right so my thought process was okay if I'm going to sell something I might as well sell something that's worth a little bit more um, mm-hmm. and I have to work 70 hours a week um, to grind like that for such a small pay and my family always fixed up older houses growing up and things like that we just lived in older houses and HGTV was popular then you know this was 2010 2011 um, you know, all the flipping shows. So I got into real estate to really learn the investment side. I really wanted to flip houses. Um, but in order to, f- my thought was if I want to flip houses, well, I should learn real estate. Um, I randomly found e- uh, 
agents' names, emails online. One of them happened, happened to be Tracy Chambers at Consultants, Keller Williams Consultants. Uh, met with her, and she said, hey, I got, a, I got this young guy uh, in my office that's looking to build a team. I think he'd be a great fit for him. And uh, met with Ryan a couple times, and the rest was history. And, like, if you look at my disc pro, have you ever done a disc profile? Mm-hmm. If you look at my disc profile, I'm an SC, right? Like, I'm not really a... Mm-hmm. I'm really not like someone that should be doing real estate. You know, I want, I'm probably the person that needs organization and being told what to do. But what made it work for me was um, we did internet leads from almost day one of me joining the team. And basically it was this lead comes in, you call. Right. And that was the, that was it. Right. And he's like, okay. Then once you start building up your pipeline, for every hundred leads, you're going to have one closing. That's kind of the math behind it. So then yeah. it took away all of like the hangups and like people telling you no and all the frustrations of that. It was like, okay, I got to make a hundred calls. I should have one client at some point in the future. And I think that's what really worked for me. If you ask me to go out and door knock and, and, you know, call expireds and things like that, that's not really my personality. Um, mm-hmm. I work way better with buyers and sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's another thing that people need to, really look at when they're looking at their real estate career, not one thing is going to work for you and your personality. Mm-hmm. Like, could I door knock for a week? Yeah, I could do it. But for you to ask me to do it consistently week after week, I'm going to hate it. Yeah. And I, I tell people to this day and why I really started major league success is, you know, I got lucky and found, I found, you know, Ryan came into my life and from there he put everything in front of me, all the systems, all the tools. I was a broke college kid. I couldn't buy for leads. You know, I couldn't pay for leads or anything like that. Um, and a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't have, you know, like, you know, your mother, a, a mentor that's been in the business forever and, and is willing to share, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's mentors out there that will tell you, but not really tell you, right? But um, there's very few that will actually tell you and show you and give you the, the same tools that they're using. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of why I started Major League Success because I think there's that gap and I don't think the yeah. failure rate has to be as high in our industry for what it is. Yeah, I agree. And, and it comes down to just, you know, really accountability. Most people don't want, they say they want the accountability, but they don't want it because you can prospect every single day. It doesn't matter how you prospect it, but if you prospect every single day, the rest is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, that's my little spiel. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I was curious because it is so different. Like it's similar to mine where it's just so different and we yeah. end up and I'm, I'm an SC too. That's so funny. Yeah. And I just feel like it works though. It works because this is a relationship based business Yeah. and, and a referral based business. You can absolutely generate leads, you know, cold calling and, and getting internet leads for sure. But you build that relationship with them in the follow-up. And it's just, a, it's, it's, yeah. That's why, I mean, that's really why I work, like working with buyers because you're building that relationship over time, right? Mm-hmm. Sellers, you're pretty much building that relationship over an hour and a half, maybe two hours on that listing appointment and then a couple phone calls later. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, that was always really a struggle for me is to sell myself in that short period of time. But I knew I could, I could definitely build that relationship over time mm-hmm. with someone. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. um but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, why I like sharing stories because we're all different. Uh, we all came from different careers and different ways of doing business and, um, and really just to let 
newer agents or agents that are, um, you know, don't have the consistent business or even like, you know, if you're a team and you're looking to scale, here's one way to do it, right? Like there's, mm-hmm. there's many ways to do this business and, and not one way is the end all be all. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, yeah. uh, well, I appreciate you. I won't keep any more of your time. Uh, but Alex, I appreciate you coming on here. And um, if anyone wants to reach out to her, please reach out to her. Um, and I, if you guys want to follow Major League Success, you can follow me on all of the social media networks, uh, sites under Major League Success. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank I you for having me. This you. is great. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.